you know, there was lots of times I would have killed myself in that period. And it's funny that I can be here today and look at my life and go like, it's a miracle. Mm. What I have is a true miracle. And that is why I'm intensely grateful. And I think also why I'm real because that shit's the realest. Yeah. And then when you come through that agony and you get some good stuff, you go, wow. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast, and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. Zoe Marshall is pure light, smart, strategic, funny, animated, intense and wise. Beautiful in the traditional sense, I love watching her in the most non-creepy way, but she also has a beautiful soul. You might know her from her TV and radio gigs, or maybe you're a footy fan and found her through her husband Benji. I bet, like me, you're hooked. Zoe is actually one of the inspirations behind Offline. I started following her on Snapchat years ago and fell hard for her realness. She calls it oversharing, I call it relatable and fascinating. Today, she uses her influence to share the realities of being a mum and juggling two jobs. A huge inspiration to me, and I'm sure many of you too. Here's my darling Zoe and I for Offline. So one of the things I was drawn to when I was watching your Snapchat, which now I realise was Snapchat, not Instagram stories, was that you just didn't give a fuck. No. You just did not give a fuck. And like you and Stephen were just like rolling around Sydney, being outrageous and funny. And I just wonder, where does that sort of raw openness come from? Have you always been that way? Yeah, that's so, it's such a funny question because lots of people ask me that, like, how are you so real? It's not a choice. It's not like I go, today I'm going to be authentic and real and Mm. it just is. It's my default and unfortunately that works both ways. It's not always a positive. Um, My husband is terrified of that part of me. I know. Cause it, and, and Tony's the same. Like it's hard for them because they're like, I don't want to be in the world this publicly. Yes. And I understand that and I'm starting to respect it. It took me a long time to get where he's coming from. It's just the way that I am. It's the way that I have fun. And I just didn't think it was that fun for everybody else, but it seems to be. People really like that part. So I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Target today. 
because you you got to cut costs when you got a kid. I was buying some kids stuff. Some, yeah, some outfits, great quality. Um, this isn't a plug. I don't get sponsored. Hashtag Target. <laughs> <laughs> we're open to it. <laughs> totally open no, we're to not. it. I'll send you my media kit. Um, so this woman comes up and Benji thinks she wants a photo of him, and she doesn't. Oh, darling. She she's like, okay, no. She oh. wanted a photo of me. Oh and my it was God. this doesn't happen. Well, that very would happen often. to you though. Occasionally, not like yeah. a Benji thing. Anyway, and she got really emotional and she just said, It's so hard, isn't it? Oh it's God. so fucking hard. And I was like, Yeah, babes. Having a baby. Yeah. And she's got two and one doesn't sleep. And this is really boring for the people listening that don't have kids, but it's brutal. And she had tears in her eyes and she was sharing a story with me and she just said, I really appreciate you being the sound piece and the mouthpiece for women like us because when we say it, we're whinging, but when you say it, you're being our our spokesperson. How you know, interesting. And people hear us finally, you know, I'm validated. And that was just like, that's pretty cool, you know. So the real stuff happens it's not just the glam stuff it's I really like to show the vulnerable stuff Mm. I think that makes me feel more connected with people than ever Mm. because I love people's vulnerability so I think if I show it other people will come back and give me theirs you know you show me yours I'll show you mine Mm. kind of thing I feel like we have this growing incapacity to show anything less than perfection on Instagram and Instagram stories is a big part of the reason I'm doing the podcast is who are these fantastic women offline essentially, Mm. but also what shapes us and makes us the women we are that we are able to be in the, in the world, the way you are so confidently, right? What have we gone through in our lives? How do we build moral code? How do we know what our ethics are? how to behave, how to treat people. Mm. Part of my concern is there's these young girls watching us yes. and they're little now, right? They're like 14, they're 16, they're oh, 18. Really? I don't think that they are. I, I mean, I never think that those that young is watching. They're on there. Yeah. And, you know, they're not um, – because they're head down on their phone all the time watching this perfection and this highly mm. stylized, curated lives, are they actually failing to develop what I've been calling like their female codes, all of those things that our integrity, our instincts, our gut feelings, because we went out when we were young and we experienced everything. We got our hearts broken. We had the shit jobs. We We looked crazy. Yeah. But now it's like, I need so accessible and and button, a perfect house and a perfect boyfriend and a car and a cute puppy and whatever it is. Yeah. But what I want to know, what, and as much as you want to share, what have you? What has shaped you into the woman you are? Because I want to talk later about some more modern things that have come through, and we've both been doing some great therapy and yes. all of that. But beyond the self work, yeah, what are the kind of key moments in your life that you feel like have shaped? Yeah, who you? And I think that's are? really interesting. I don't know if we have enough time on the podcast to go through it all because mm. it's pretty. Um, it's pretty beefy and dark, but, um, it's actually one of the things that my therapist had said to me is you have to be able to sit in your darker side 
and sit in that and be okay to stay there sometimes versus totally. being like, I'm fine, it's fine, you know, yeah. and wash over it. And I think that's like been a huge lesson for me is it's okay to go there. And to, to, to be there and to have everyone also know that you're there. Like I think, mm. and I know I do this when I'm like last week, whenever it was, I was having a very dark, dark time and I become very introspective because I, because I've been so let down and I'll share that with you. It's really hard for me to reach out and ask for help. So I just do it myself and then you feel incredibly alone and you deal with everything a lot harder. Mm. But once, and this is the amazing thing about sharing is whether that's to you or online, is it kind of, it does reconnect you with everybody else that's feeling that way. Mm. So, so there's like community there's in community the pain. And there's yeah. like a, a knowing, you know, that I'm here. And once you voice it, it, it there's something about release that comes through the mm. acknowledgement of letting it out. But I went through really, really bad times and I guess all in the space of, you know, three or four years um, I was brought up just by my mom, super like enmeshed, like really close, didn't even drive till I was like 21 because wow. she drove me everywhere. And, um, she was told she could never have a baby. So I was like her miracle. So she was madly in love with me when I was born and it was kind of just us. Like an obsession. It, I think it was, we were mm. obsessed and I said to her growing up, if I, if you ever die, I will kill myself. Like I would say it, you know, monthly because I was so terrified of being in the world without her. And then when I was 20 years old, she was diagnosed with cancer and I was in, I know exactly where I was standing when she told me because in that moment I knew she was going to die. Oh I God. knew she was going to die when she told me she was just diagnosed. It was very new because I knew that I couldn't have her forever. Like that was where this fear came from when I was growing up and saying, if you die, I'll kill myself. Cause there was something in me that knew I wouldn't have her for long. Mm. And, um, when that happened, I spiraled and, um, was going out a lot and, doing reckless things and I met a guy I was in a bad place at a bad time and attracted the worst human being oh, yeah. and got into a very um seriously abusive relationship and suffered a lot of domestic violence and then um had different boyfriends on and off and whatever but that one kind of shaped a part of that whole tragedy with finding out my mum was uh, Thick and then she passed within about a year. Wow. And then I say, I just rattled it off now like it's nothing, but it was so huge. Oh, huge. And then my family took me to court for her inheritance, which is nothing. She was a single mum. She had two jobs. And, you know, I know there was a lot of pain there for them losing a child and a sister and but it was, and they didn't know what was going on with me as a whole, but it was the darkest, scariest, loneliest part of my life. And I think that it's so funny when you put things on socials now and I have an amazingly beautiful baby and husband and great job and home and whatever. 
people don't get how horrific it was. Mm. And I and people I think you know assume one thing of me and they just don't get the darkness mm. and how I re- the work I had to do to get where to you are to come now. through that. Like it you know there was lots of times I would have killed myself in that period and it's funny that I can be here today and mm. look at my life and go like it's a miracle. Mm. What I have is a true miracle and that is why I'm intensely grateful. Yeah. And I think also why I'm real because that shit's the realest. Yeah. And then when you come through that agony and you get some good stuff, you go wow. Oh God, and it didn't and stop in it. Yeah. And it didn't stop like the the bad stuff didn't stop, you know. Um It never stops. Mm. Life is tricky like that. You know, it Mm. gets really great and then you're constantly tested and there's been lots of tests along the way but I think the resilience and that's what I'm worried about for our youth and our children is the resilience. Is Are they going to be able to hack stuff when it gets hard? And that was really bad, Mm. you know, like the stuff that we can handle which isn't even that Mm. horrific they're not coping with, you know. So for me I feel like resilience is a key thing for me bringing up fox as well because mm. that's tricky because mm. that's one thing I have found like watching you as a mum like knowing you briefly <laughs> before you're a mum yeah because we have been friends a few years now I keep that's weird yeah it feels, it feels still new. like six months but it's I know not. it's not um but having known you before and then obviously going on some of that journey with you into falling pregnant with him yes. and then you being saw me pregnant. like a stick figure as well I do I'm going to talk about that <laughs> Um, one thing I have observed as you've been sharing on Instagram is you, you seem quite tough because like, I, do you I think I, fe- I look, do you think I seem tough? I'm not sure if I share that. Mm, well, I one of know. the questions I have been asking yeah. guests is, do we have a duty of care to show more, um, of the hard and the struggle versus just the kind of highlight reel. Yeah. But one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on the podcast is because you do show the hard times. Yes. And the really amazing times at the events with the glam and the whole thing. But, but you then get a you're lot also, of ugly in your robe. Yeah, in the cupboard pumping Yeah, you get a lot work, of – Yes. You know. And I think this might be the difference because I'm not sure who else you're going to get on offline but – I don't have a very pretty page (laughs) and it's something I strive for because I look even at your page and it's curated and beautiful and thoughtful and I love looking at at feeds like that. I just can't do – I've tried. Yeah. I can't do the pretty feed. Yeah. I feel – that's what I love about you is it's all of you. It is and it makes no sense and it's all higgledy-piggledy. I love it. (laughs) I think that's your charm. Yeah, it, it can't be. I don't. It's can't, real. I can't do any other way. I've tried. Mm. I can't be the curator. Like, it's my job to edit and curate yes. and brand. Yes. yes, and I'm doing my own, as you know, self work on removing Alison Rice from Alison Rice shiny leader publisher. Yes, life must look like this and sound like this. I've always said like. What you see is the reality of my life, but I'm much the same as you in that I I haven't experienced pain and loss on the scale that you have, but I have experienced hardship. 
before Instagram existed. Yes. Had I been going through that today, would I be sharing it? Yes. But I also know that I've attracted the life I have. Yes. And every single day. And you know I've got totally enormous unhealthy hang-ups on I do. when is this bubble going to blow. I'll interview you and offline about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot a lot of the time um but yeah and part of the reason I want to do this is because I'm trying to be more real and also help young girls who maybe aren't just wanting to get into media but you know all of my like not many followers but some of my followers to show them that even though I have the job I have the husband you know you're on the bike in Hollywood and yeah. Venice and Palm Springs, it's, yeah. there's still some shit. St- I've still got stuff. I still have anxiety. I still have issues. I still, yeah, have stuff really I need to work through. Do you really think that, like, and maybe this is because we're older, but do you really think that they don't know that? Like, hmm. surely yeah, people I do. can't I think that people have perfect lives. Hmm. But maybe it's confusing do. now. And then I guess I've been grappling with this concept of Instagram as a business. And so you don't put your shit in your business, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so I also understand from an influencer celebrity perspective that putting too much of your stuff on there is actually bad for business. So I get that too. So you know your niche, right? Because I know that, um, gosh, I see I don't even follow fashion people, but Mm. Um, that's the other thing I love about you is you're so fashion, removed from like a, who would give things like a Zimmerman is mm. not coming to me going, please Zoe, wear our dresses <laughs> because your feet is so beautiful. Um, we, you need to be in one of our dresses. I'll get like jockey <laughs> underpants and they're like real relatable Will you do this with us? And I'm like, yes, yes. I love underpants. Yeah, we Comfy all need them. ones. You know, it's not La Perla, but it's jockey. Yeah. Hashtag sponsor me. Would you yeah. stop doing that on my podcast? You're going to get ads soon. You if anyone's get paid making money out of this it's thing, it's you. me. <laughs> um, okay. A question. Yeah. How, how does Instagram and social media make you feel on the whole? Bored. Interesting. So bored. Apart from following my loves, like the people in my life that are away or, you know, Benji's brothers just had little twins that are still in premier care. Like I can watch things I love. I also love funny people, but like I don't really scroll through pics anymore, boring Mm. snoring. I go through my Instagram stories. That's fun. Um, But I'm pretty harsh now. Like I mute the shit out of everybody. I've been loving mute. It's so empowering. So I'm like, great. but until I choose until, not to tune in to this program, thank you. Until there's Goodbye. an app that goes, "Who muted me?" and then you're going to oh, get I'm like gonna hit up by everybody. I'm going to be in big trouble if that happens. But I'm bored. Yeah, I'm ready for the next thing. Whoever's inventing it. Yeah. Well, we could. Okay. Cool. Do you have any ideas? I've had so many inventions. <laughs> it's very expensive. Oh. Um, Little Fox took some time. To arrive, yeah, but I feel like he, gosh, he's been worth the wait. Oh, you know what I also, say? Also, could you have had a more beautiful baby? I know, I, like I can't even be humble. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like I can't. 
He's insane. He's insanely beautiful. I keep saying God was in a good mood that day. Oh, mate. Do you know what my psychic said? He said that two babies came before Fox and I pushed them away and was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I am a manifester like you. I was out there in Brisbane. I was meditating and I had a visioning session and I felt it. I felt it. I was ready for it. And I knew so much so that I was going to tell everyone at my birthday in six weeks time that I was pregnant. And then I found out on the day of my birthday, I was pregnant and it was the vision I'd had. And I wanted to tell everyone that night and then Benji wouldn't let me. Benji's got to be conservative. Benji is like such a fun (laughs) police. Like he's such a ball breaker. But he does have sponsors and brands <laughs> and a job, you know, that. Yeah, he does. You know. He does. <laughs> um, He's got a higgledy-biggledy page too. He needs some curation. Maybe I can help you guys. Yeah, we'll hire you. No. Um, so, yeah, your journey falling pregnant with Fox. Yeah. You did do an interesting Very, cleanse. like very controversial. What was the... What was your community like when what, you were doing that in terms of community? like community? There was no – everyone was like, you're crazy. Mm, but it worked, right? Yes. What was his name? Doc- Dr. Lou. Dr. Lou. He's still like one of my favourite people. I just didn't believe it. I didn't think it could happen. Is it a reset? Is it, uh, it reset? It's a whole thing. But I had two – so I had stage four endometriosis removed twice by surgery I used to pass out on the bathroom floor um, from the pain. I used to wait till it got that bad and then I'd book in for another surgery. So I I, I withheld a lot of pain. Um, but then I was hemorrhaging and, you know, I was very unwell moving to Brisbane and I thought I'll get another removal. I'll give myself 12 months. We'll do a removal, then IVF. And then... You know how the universe works because you and I are like oh, yeah. Spiro. I got a email. I was literally in transition. I was in Byron Bay waiting for my furniture to arrive in Brisbane from Sydney. There for a week with Stephen, the only person I take holidays with because my husband um, doesn't like travel. And um, I got an email saying this guy, this doctor who is based in Sydney is coming to Brisbane. Would you like to meet him? name's Dr. Lou. And I said, sure, but I'm not doing herbs. Went in, met him. He grabbed my thighs as well as taking my pulse and checking my tongue and doing other things. And he went, oh, yes, you've got this much water. Or he said, you have this many litres to lose before your organs are in optimum shape for you to have a baby. Wow. And I was in the best shape of my life. Right. And he was like, they're under too much pressure. So I had to fast for two weeks, um, really limit my eating for six weeks until I was at an optimum level for my organs. Then after three months um, of managing that level and my organs being at high, high functioning, my periods were the first periods I'd ever had that were normal, like a normal girl period, like like bleeding but yeah. not like through your 
jeans and like pain but not like you know it was like a miracle and um then he was like you're ready to try and within six weeks I was pregnant isn't it just amazing isn't it and then he gets all of this flack I get it well look he gets flack because western like religions for many many years have been fasting Western society, it's seen as taboo. Mm. So you go in there and you want a quick fix and you get, you do get ill when you're fasting because your, your cells are going around to regenerate the, the illness, regenerate the organs and heal the illness that if you're fasting and you're really sick, you're going to get angry at the doctor because mm. you're really sick and your thinking is going to make you better, but you have to go through the whole process. So yeah, he's gotten himself you know, caught up a couple times, but he is like no no drugs, nothing. Wow. I've done like no IVF. It's he's a miracle baby and he's a miracle doctor. Mm. But I like living my life like that with massive challenges. I I love an obstacle. (laughs) I know. And I feel like when we, when I I told you we were going to be friends, (laughs) when I decided. Yes. When you forced me. Late at night on Instagram, on Snapchat, and I was like, yeah, she's for me. Yeah. I'm going to go out and get that friend. <laughs> <laughs> she's mine. Um, after I'd said we were going to be friends and then we really did become friends, Yeah, I feel like we connected quite quickly on our love of exploring our spirituality. Oh, yes. Um, where did that start for you? Was there someone that introduced you to – that way of thinking or world Um, or my mum had my astrology reading done my birth chart done when I was born so I guess I was kind of born into it (laughs) like every Sunday morning when she was making fresh OJ and salmon bagels we would read our horoscopes so I don't really think that like it was like you know forced upon me but I guess I was born into it um I still have her numerology book which I is a constant for me um but it was never like she didn't she didn't manifest. I don't think she knew that. She was the one that showed me the secret when it was that sec- like that secret DVD and you could only get it from a friend that was a friend yes. of someone. She was like, you've got to watch this thing. And I was the whole way through going, what is the secret? Just say <laughs> what it is. Like I couldn't quite grapple it. Um, so manifesting I didn't know about. She didn't talk to me about. She wasn't like crystals and, and tie-dye. It was just kind of like astrology and a bit of numerology and stuff like that. So mm. it was her. And then I think through I did a really, really cathartic workshop. So when all of that trauma happened to me during my early 20s, I did something called Path of Love. Google it. Not going to tell you too much. Don't want to spoil it if you're going to go through it. Game changer. Wow. Like changed my life. We have spoken about this before. I remember mm-hmm. this was one of our first, first dinners at your house. So that kind of taught me about manifesting. That taught me about – and then I did a lot of work with a spiritual guide. It goes, sounds so wanky – called Cat Doors. That's just who we are. I know. It's just another facet. <laughs> um, but I still love McDonald's. Like I'm not – vegan do you know like I I I adore vegans I'd love to be vegan but I'm a total contradiction yeah so I can be a manifester and all of that stuff but I also watch Real Housewives yeah you know like I love that so yeah (laughs) we are multifaceted I feel because you were the I had obviously started my sort of spiritual journey um 
you know, a little while ago with Jeannie and, but you were the first person to read my cards. I actually hadn't done tarot before I met you. Yes. And you know this, but when we read them, I think we did them in December last year Mm -hmm. um, and we did my year and it's been so scarily accurate. Have you been reflecting Yeah, I go back to it now and I read the little notes section and so I guess some part of me is also like, wait, are you manifesting this stuff because, because yeah, of course, or was this actually read for you? But I did. Um, I haven't told you. I bought a deck in. Well, I know. I saw it on social. LA. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, let me tell the story anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, I had bought a deck in LA from that. Um, it's called the Mystical Bookshop or something. Of course. Obviously. Is it in It's on Abbot Kinney. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. What an eye roll. Um, amazing store. And they had like sample decks that you could just like flick through. And I picked up two different decks and I pulled the same card. Oh, no. Which one? It was not a good card, doll. Tell me. But I'm, it was Nine of Swords. Okay. And I... What I'm I don't ta- actually know what that is off the top of my head. I'm acting like I'm a tarot reader. <laughs> I need my books. <laughs> You'll go and read it. Um, there's a lot that I'm taking from it that is outside of the sort of doom and gloom. Great. Um, but I also think that there is like I, I, good on you if you love the angel cards. Yeah. Go for that. But uh, my cards are my beautiful, beautiful soul sister. Oh my god, so we sound. We got to get out of this hippie thing in Sorry, a minute. Sorry, I know. Nina. Nina, I love oh, Nina. She has a curated, beautiful page, but she has a beautiful life. Yeah. But she's a beautiful girl. She is. Anyway, she bought me the cards and there are some terrifying cards in there, mm. like like a bull with its eyeball hanging out. There's like daggers with blood on them. And you know what? Life has bulls with eyeballs hanging out, you know? <laughs> life can be crazy and I need to know if that's coming my way so I'm prepared. You know what I mean? That approach to life probably sums up why I love being around Zoe. She's lived through grief and heartache and also had the crazy highs. I think it's so important that as women finding our way in the world, we surround ourselves with other women who can go there with us. I love her take on the breadth and depth of truly knowing yourself. If you know who you are with all all of the disgusting parts of yourself, the shadow parts, the, mm. the bits that you are embarrassed of, if you're even okay at peeking at that part of you, then you can revel in the glorious dinners where you meet these totally. amazing like-minded souls because you have energetically attracted them. Mm. And, look, my husband is a – and I, this, I mean this in no disrespect – a Maori football player. And what I mean by that is he – could roll his eyes all day long at us having this conversation. Oh, Tony's a creative director, but he's still like, what are you banging on about? But he's innately a manifester. Mm. He was born knowing how to attract. Oh, he's amazing. Amazing Mm. at it. Mm. How how have you um, sort of maybe grappled with and dealt with the term wag? The reason I ask that Mm. is my experience and observation of you has been you are such a powerful woman and your own person. You're in your marriage, but you're also your own person. That's something I always strive to be as well. So how has that been being in a relationship that's attached to something Mm. that 
is a world you don't really identify with. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, mm. Oh, it's so hard. I read something about Zoe Foster, mm-hmm. who I love, who I want to be friends with, who I would stalk. I want to be friends with Zoe Foster too. And I could, you could do it. You figured it out. No, I feel like you would be better to do it and then bring me in after okay. the fact. <laughs> Zoe, if you're listening, call me. Um, and it said Hamish Blake's girlfriend or Hamish Blake's wife, Zoe Foster. And I was like, you can't be joking. This woman that is not only an author, producer, written TV shows, has her own skincare beauty line. Like what else does this woman need to do to become not the wife of? Like I've got no chance. Do you know what I mean? If Zoe Foster can't even be Zoe Foster, Mm. what chance do I have? So it's a very frustrating thing because I don't know what I'll have to really trump Benji like – I don't know what I have to do, yeah. but I'm going to do it because I tell you what, it is my goal and this is so ridiculous mm. for people to go, Benji Marshall, husband, Zoe Ma- husband. I know. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, um. I want, I want it to be. Zoe Marshall's husband, Benji. That's what I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Only for shits and giggles. Oh, totally. Because we're always equal. Totally. You know, but. That would be just I'd after so long. It's like Ashley Simpson when Jessica Simpson. Oh, that's a flashback. <laughs> Do you remember her TV show? Yes. And Ashley Simpson was just her sister. And they were like, and she's like, one day I'm going to make it. And then like, look at her now. I mean, she's still just Jessica Simpson's sister. It wasn't a great example, but do you know what I mean? I can't believe you went to the Simpson sisters. I'm just, it's a driving force for me. <laughs> Can you tell I'm really passionate about it? <laughs> yeah. We've got some. I will say when we became friends, um, I definitely had to check myself as a publisher and an editor because it wasn't until we started hanging out that I realised, shit, we do that. What does that mean? Well, we, oh, we intro that. We introed women. We don't now. But we introed women, but particularly footballers' wives. I'll say that, like if we were covering a sportsman's wife, the Brownlows, or the other one, the Dallies. The, the Dallies. We it is known as that, you know the other one. Um, but do you know what's hard? Like, it's contextual as well. How do you rate it? This woman, she's a uh, she's a GP, so she's going to be called a wag. But this one is in media, so she's not a wag. So we all just have to be wags, I guess. Or could we just get rid of wag? Oh, totally. Because, I mean, really, no one – I mean, I lie. There are lots of women that aspire to be that. You know, they're interesting. Um, they but need to listen to offline. Please listen. But there are lots of us that aren't. And I think it's just so disrespectful. Well, that's the thing is you didn't, you know, you didn't set out. Oh, it wasn't my goal. Like I wouldn't be working now, honey, two jobs and breast pumping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was actually going to say that one of the um, the most beautiful things I think that you've given to other women is to be able to show that I'm going to work two jobs to provide for my family mm. and I'm going to continue breastfeeding and I'm going to show you pumping in a cupboard while I'm on the fucking show on Sunday like watching it is incredibly inspiring because you've shown me that I'm going to be able to do it I might not be 
together. No, we're not together. Right, as Most you've shown me You too. know I was like, like seriously had serious exhaustion because yes. I didn't take enough time off. Yeah. But I, but I think hope, you've done a service. I do. I hope, I hope so, but I hope it's a reality because it's brutal. Mm. It's hard and it's hard sometimes on my family. It's really hard on myself. The mm. breastfeeding in itself because he's only breastfed. I'm giving no formula. And mm. for that... The pressure is momentous. Mm. Is that right? Languaging? Um, monumental. Monumental. I'm Massive. Not a, yeah, it's big. See, I'm tired. I'm depleted. I know you are tired. No. Um, no, I think you've done a real service. And so. I just don't want it to be um, unrealistic. I want it to be as real as possible. And that's why I show my nervous breakdowns because that's also what happens. Mm. Even if you're a stay at home mum, you know, it's. Mumming is wow. Like, and it's one of the reasons I thought I might not have children was how hard it can be. Like, well, we've it was spoken a, so much about it. Like, am I going to be deterrent. okay? Yeah. And probably not. Yeah. But mostly, yes. Bit. And then I'll just call you and. Yeah. And Jen. And Jen. Oh my God, Jen Hamilton. What baby? She's um, a game changer. And I think, it, you know, the most important thing I took from that is have your, find your team. Like pay for it if you don't have it because I obviously don't have my mom, my family here. Bench doesn't have his. I have to pay for it, which is also confronting and very sad. But pay for it because it gives you your sanity. There is no price you can put on being mentally healthy. Mm. And, you know, the therapy piece, when we met, you were, the, you were one of the first people and particularly, I guess, women who I felt like I could open up to and share without judgment. Oh, that's so nice. But again, you showed me that you didn't hold fear around being judged by what you were showing out on social media. So because you had shown so much of yourself, I automatically came in open knowing yeah. that I'd already known so much well, about you. Well, I'm so glad because that's my objective. Yeah. Because I hate small talk. I hate... I actually don't like socialising very much mm. except with my small group is that if I am giving someone my time, I do expect a level of openness and if you can't bring that, we can't meet, Yeah, do you know? Like we're not so going to connect. you say that because I remember feeling um, we went so deep so quickly and, you know, we both had that thing where we're like, wow, it feels like we've been meant to be but I don't mm. think we were ready for each other. Before. Before we met because yes. I wasn't – I hadn't done the work. I yeah. wouldn't have been – I wouldn't have been um, interesting. I don't think I would have – yeah. How do I explain that? Like kept your attention perhaps in the way that we connect now, now. because we're That's on the so same level intellectually whereas before I was uh, living on the surface of my life. Yes. And so I couldn't – I had nothing to insert into conversations because I hadn't done any work. Or those conversations, you should say. You know, yeah. Then you would have oh, had a beyond, lot to like, give on. I'm thinking about buying their shirts. What do you think? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's the <clears throat> if I have time and free time, I want it to be with friends like yourself or my small group that we go like straight there. Straight in. Like let's get let's get there. I want to know what's happening. Like the fun, frivolous stuff too, sure, for a couple minutes and then let's just go. Because mm. I get bored. I could be sleep. I need naps. You know, like I need to sleep. So I'd rather sleep than do that. Yeah, than have this. And I talk. go like me and my therapist now work super quick because yeah. I just want to get in and she knows me 
and how to crack me open. And so the work gets done well and I can go deep into sorrow and cry and cry and cry with her and then, yeah, be very vulnerable and shaky the next week or so Mm. but come out of it. I don't have to suppress and, like, fuck around with it all. Yeah, I'm the same with Jeannie now. Like, I literally walk in and I'll sit down. And then it's done and then the tears straight up. But she also knows, yeah. She knows the history, right? And what, yeah, how to access me. Yes. Quickly. Yes. And that's been a big part of it. And I'm not saying like everyone you meet you need to go there with, but it's really nice. Like even some of the people I work with, just a real, honest, beautiful knowing. Mm. That's what it is. That's what gets me going in life is that Mm. knowingness. And that is what gets me going on socials is women or even men reaching out, connecting and showing me theirs because I've shown them mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a final question that I have been asking every guest. Mm. So offline exists as a resource for women Mm -hmm. who are ready to kind of look in. And I've been really interested in this concept of true self. Mm. So, you know, so much of how we are in the world today is in labels. I'm called this. You had to do one today. It was really hard. Right. But if you were to strip away all of the labels, so not TV host, not radio host, not mum, not wife, when you're sitting in your true self, sorry, Marshall, who are you? I can't say it. Why? Because it's going to sound ridiculous. But you have to answer the question. Um, ridiculous in what way? It's expansive, I, the question. Like, the, it's a big question. Do you know what came to me? And everyone's answered it really differently. And I'm going w- yeah. to sound Kanye if I answer it. I think you should answer it then. That's going to be an even better answer, I feel. I feel like... Oh, how can I word it? When I'm... So you're saying, who am I? What am I? When it's all stripped bare, yeah, is oneness. It's God. It's wholeness. It's nothingness. It's all of those things, and that's the most. And that you know sounds so weird to so many people, and some will get it. I don't think it sounds weird at all. Like I think I'm all things and no things. Amazing. Is that okay? That's so okay. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining me on my podcast. I love, loved it so much. I love you. I love you. I love this. I hope you like me better than all the other people that are on. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. 